This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. And we're speaking with Handy Andy Barrar from handyandymedia.com. He is a digital lifestyle and tech expert. We're recapping some of the biggest tech stories of 2023. Good morning, Andy. How's it going? I'm doing good, Scott. How are you? Yeah, good. Great to talk to you, man. Uh, one of the biggest stories of 2023 has to be chat GPT and artificial intelligence. Like we, we knew that this was coming, but chat GPT just dropped like a bomb. Yeah, I think uh, when we look back at 2023, it's going to be the year of artificial intelligence and most notably the year of chat GPT, because that was our first, you know, taste as, as just normal consumers of using artificial intelligence. Now, chat GPT actually came out, it was released on November 30th, 2022. Um, but within two months, Scott, it became the fastest growing app in history, reaching 100 million monthly users by February. So uh, the, the thing that I don't think a lot of people realize is we were actually prompt engineers for ChatGPT because everybody was using it. So that AI actually got smarter by us using it. And then by March 14th, they released ChatGPT4 and that was their paid uh, ChatGPT, which was even smarter than the ChatGPT3 version that we were all using. So you know, and just as the, the first, I'd say, quarter of 2023, AI just kind of came out of nowhere and everybody started using it. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that it was it's like in the conversation there was I remember having a, a dinner with my parents and they hadn't they hadn't like heard of it yet and trying to describe to them what it was and and what it could do. And they kind of heard it and they were like, OK, so it sounds like a smarter version of Google. And I, I'm like, well, yes, but like it's getting smarter every time we use it. And yeah. I feel like that's an, like an oversimplification, you know, of, of AI. And, you know, we've heard AI as it relates to, like, oh, an algorithm or yeah. th those type of things. But explain, if you can, how chat GPT and, and like the future of AI and open AI and these things are, are different than just algorithm and search engine. Well, it, it's what they call generative AI. So it's creating new content um, based upon like a data set and the prompts that you give it. So not only can, and every student knows this, it can create an essay, you know, in a matter of seconds from like one sentence of a, of a prompt. But now, you know, you have Dolly, so you can create images. You're using AI now to create music. They will take uh, an artist, say someone like, like that's passed away, like Johnny Cash, and use his voice and then mix it up and mash it up with a Taylor Swift song. So you could hear Johnny Cash singing Taylor Swift song. So, you know, as more and more people started to use it, they realized just how powerful it was. And companies, investors, namely Microsoft, this is a story that I, uh, you know, really followed closely was in January of 2023, Microsoft made a huge investment in OpenAI because they want to compete against Google. And the way they want to do that is with the web browser, their Edge browser. Because, Scott, I'm sure you use, like myself, 
we used to all use Internet Explorer, you know, back in the day. Right. But it it was really slow and clunky. And then Firefox came out and then Google Chrome came yes. out. And so we all migrated away. The brand of Internet Explorer was so bad that they decided we need to create a new browser with a new name. And so they called it the Edge Browser. They came up with their own search engine, which they called Bing, but nobody was using it. So they made this huge investment in OpenAI because they wanted to take ChatGPT and integrate it into Bing and into the Edge Browser to get people to migrate away from Google Chrome. So essentially, Microsoft was trying to get its sexy back by making that huge investment uh, in AI. Now, has it worked? I don't know still to this day, a lot of people who use exclusively the Edge browser, but it just shows how much competition and how much of these companies are now realizing. Like, I, like Scott, I go to all these startups in Vancouver, these startup meetups. Mm -hmm. Every single company has AI as part of their startup. It's just the big thing in tech. And it was in 2023, and it certainly will be moving forward in 2024. Oh, yeah. The way that companies are, you know, introducing AI and using AI. And like you mentioned the the education thing. Every student knows knows about it. Um, really, really quick anecdote. I love this meme. The Internet Explorer, it was like the meme that it was Internet Explorer, the number one browser for downloading other browsers, right? Because yeah. everyone, you'd open a new laptop and just you'd use it once to download Chrome or Firefox or whatever else you're using to, to surf the Internet. And that's that's so true. But, yeah, I mean, every company, it's like this is the thing. It, it got adopted so quickly because we realized how efficient it is and how – how much of a difference it's going to make. And then it sort of felt like, and this is just, you know, totally my opinion. I don't have any, any um, evidence to back this up, but it felt like towards the end of the year, a lot of the talk around AI or at least chat GPT kind of cooled off. Now, is that because we maybe reached the limit of it or people kind of got tired of it or people are scared of it, or it just became so commonplace that we were less aware that everyone's talking about it because it's just kind of like the internet. Like we all just talk about it. It's normal. It's here and we're going to use it all the time. I, I think it's all of the above, Scott. Uh, th those are all valid reasons of why people almost have that AI fatigue. I certainly do. You know, I'm, I'm fatigued every day. That's all I hear right. about is AI and all these companies that are trying to use it. For example, even fast food chains like Wendy's is experimenting with generative AI assistant to its drive-through. So when you order fast food, you're gonna have an AI assistant who's gonna take your order. And they're looking to roll that out in 2024. So every major company is trying to utilize AI. We saw that story with Sports Illustrated, right. where they created fake, fake reporters and, and tried to get away with it and got caught. That was a very, very bad look for them. But, you know, a lot of industries and I think a lot of people are wondering, am I going to lose my job? Is AI going to take away my job? And the unfortunate thing is, I think so. There's a lot of, of, of positions out there that could be replaced by AI. And the big question is, what are we going to do if AI is taking away all of our jobs? Are we all just going to become what the, they call prompt engineers, where your job is to prompt the AI to, to kind of create content. Um, and that's one of the hottest jobs in tech right now. You know, people are making six figures in doing that kind of job. But, you know, if you're a writer, like someone like myself, there's a website, Scott, that I write for. They want to start using AI. They want me to edit the AI content to make it sound more human. Wow. And, and for me, I'm just like, why don't you just let me write it then? Yes. You know, if I have to take this content and try to make it, it might actually turn out to be more work on my end. But 
I haven't even seen what they're going to, the, the rate card they're going to do to charge me for something like that. But it, it makes me think that, you know, even myself, somebody who follows tech, who writes about tech might be out of a job because of AI, or I might just stick to uh, doing tech reviews because that's one thing AI won't be able to do. Right, for sure. And the thing is, like you say, if your job is to edit it, then the AI is learning where it's making mistakes and eventually the job of editing it will become obsolete, right? Because the AI will learn to edit itself. Yeah. And and they were like, well, we need you to add images to the blogs, you know, uh, for the AI blogs. And, and it's only a matter of time where the AI will create that image and insert that image into that blog. And then I will be out of a job. So I, I'm a case support for a lot of people out there who are wondering, you know, what is AI? What's the future? What does the future of my job look like with AI? I'm right there with everybody. Um, and I talk to all of my other tech journalist friends. And I'm like, are, are you like, do you do you, do you have trouble sleeping at night knowing all these advancements in AI? And many, many do. And so we have to really try to figure out what we're going to do in the future when a lot of these jobs are going to be replaced by artificial intelligence. Yeah. And there's also this sort of, cause we've had this conversation several times uh, throughout the year, this, and I'd love to know your opinion. There's this attitude that, well, a lot of that is a bit fear mongery and I'm not saying that that's what I think, but you know, we thought that when the internet was first introduced, yeah. right? Oh, kids are just going to be able to Google these answers and the internet itself is going to take away all of these jobs and going to turn us all into mindless zombies. And of course the world has just adapted and it creates new jobs and stuff. So there is a lot of negativity and pessimism around the future with AI, but is, is that a guarantee? Like, will we also, is there a way that we find, you know, a balance with this thing like we have with, we've done with everything else? Yeah, and that's that's the important thing is like, you know, you have to come like, you know, are you coming with the glass half full or is it half empty? There are going to be a lot of new opportunities. Technology, there's always going to be innovations. We we just don't know because it's happening so fast. But the big issue that I I had with AI in 2023 was the fact that you have to understand AI is using data from the internet. It's scraping websites and to to get smarter and to get that data. But now you have companies like ChatGPT or OpenAI with ChatGPT4. It's a subscription. You have to pay. So you imagine if you're Reddit. You know, they closed their API because, AI, you know, artificial intelligence was scraping. ChatGPT was scraping everything on Reddit. And then they're creating a package that they're now selling to consumers. So Reddit closed down. If you want to use their API, which was free before, now you have to pay. The same thing with Twitter. They closed their API. A lot of universities, you know, sociology departments would use that data on Twitter to understand sentiment analysis of what people are talking about, but now they want to pay. So that was the consequence of all these AI companies. You know, 30% of the top 1,000 websites in the world have blocked the ChatGPT uh, web crawler from going into their into their website and, and scraping all that data. That was the big issue. And they, they should have had some type of good, you know, compensation for those companies, but they never did. And now they're just trying to run with this new, you know, package of artificial intelligent uh, programs and solutions without giving any kind of compensation to the websites that they scraped all that data from. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. 
Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. We're speaking with Andy Barrar, handyandymedia.com. He's a digital and lifestyle tech expert, and we're talking about some of the big stories of the year. And Andy, I want to touch on this one because I, I absolutely did not think that Twitter changing their name to X would ever, ever stick. But I'm actually starting to hear people just refer to it as X now, and I'm yeah. shocked. Why are we giving in to this guy? Well, some people are, Scott. Yeah, yeah. Not me. I still call it Twitter. Me too. Um, now, the reason why he called it X is uh, Elon Musk had this idea of a website called X.com way back in like 1998, 99, even before he uh, founded PayPal. What he's trying to do with Twitter and one of the reasons why he purchased Twitter is he wants to create a super app. Now, there are super apps out there globally, but they're not popular in North America. The, the most notable example is WeChat. WeChat is like a social network. Uh, you, you People buy and sell things. They use it for payments in China. But what he wants to do is bring that and turn X, which is well, formerly known as Twitter, into that kind of a super app. And so one of the reasons why he purchased Twitter is he gets that user base. So he thought it would accelerate this idea that he's been, you know, uh, formulating in his head for over two decades of creating a super app. So that was the, the idea. It's probably one of the worst branding ever, Scott. You know, <laughs> you know the letter X yeah. in the internet, you know, if you add two more, it, it has a completely different connotation. So I thought that was a really bad move. It doesn't really roll off the tongue very well. And a lot of people are just, you know, familiar with Twitter. That was a 17-year-old brand that he pretty much dropped. But it's all in this ambition of his to create a super app. But one thing that I've, I've noticed in North America and people's online habits is we like to have separate apps for different things. We don't like to have the all-encompassing app. But every company out there would love to have an all-encompassing app. The only example that we might have is Facebook because there's so many things in Facebook. You can buy and sell things. Of course, you can chat with your friends. They even have Facebook dating. But I don't know anyone that has found love on Facebook. And that right. just shows you an example of why super apps aren't very popular in North America. But Elon Musk has a $44 billion bet on that, that he can create that super app. And only time will tell if he actually succeeds. Yeah. And I, I mean... Do you want to bet against the guy? He's been successful at a lot of things yeah. that he's put his hand to, but this year has not been good for him. You know, there's been a lot of political stuff, and then of course the the Twitter thing, and you know, I think people a lot. This is it's really interesting to hear about the WeChat thing because Twitter, yeah, when he purchased it, we all sort of had these ideas. Oh, what's he doing with it? He, you know, he wants to protect free speech or whatever you talk about. But like you mentioned, I suppose the idea is that if one company can keep you on their service as opposed to you going away and using a different service to to do research or make reservations or commerce, whatever. The longer they keep you using their services, the more money they make. And of course, that's what it's all about at the end of the day, right? Yes. And that's why um, Facebook, which is now Meta, went all in on the metaverse because they're like, oh, salivating. Like we can create the new ecosystem where we can just keep people and we're going to own the metaverse because they don't own the Internet. They only own the Facebook website and the app. But that was the big kind of dream. But it didn't really work out. And now even Facebook is investing in stuff in like AI. But Elon Musk, you know, he's probably 
the 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 biggest hindrance to creating x.com because the, the man's like the world's biggest troll yeah and he cannot stop tweeting and he's alienating his advertisers which was the primary way that twitter made money but he's also introduced a new thing social media as a subscription service so he took away the verified uh blue check marks and if you want one you're gonna have to pay eight dollars a month and then your your tweets can get amplified so if you have a lot of hot takes and you want a lot of people to see your tweets for eight dollars a month now you can kind of spread your message to everybody so you know, that was an interesting notion. Social media as a subscription service. Are people willing to pay for it? Now, some have been very vocal people, but the majority of people, the majority of Twitter users are not subscribers. So we'll have to see. It's a private company, so we don't have the data anymore, Scott, to see how he's doing. So we only have to go by his word or his uh, CEO, Linda Lacarino, uh, to see if uh, people are actually subscribing to X. Right. It's a very, very interesting thing. I look forward one day, you know, we'll get a movie or a tell-all book about Elon Musk and his ordeal with Twitter and, and what actually happens there. But it's definitely going to be something for us to watch in the future. Andy Barrar, Handy Andy media.com always great to talk with you man really do appreciate your insight on some of this stuff and uh yeah have a fantastic new year hey you too scott happy new year